here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 105.1 FM in Johannesburg. Okay, guys, we are struggling to connect to our guest, Joe Morrison, so we're going to have to talk to each other until we get our connection back. All of you that follow English Premier League, let's get in touch. 011-714-2006 is the number to call. You can also WhatsApp us on 061-4104-107. How do you see the season going? Good evening, sir. Yeah, EPL, it's a difficult difficult one to call here at this time of the season, but... Just one team I'm worried about, Everton. It's not looking good for Everton. They survived last season. And this season, I don't think they will survive. It's not looking good for them. And yeah, they are are squad. It's not looking good. So Everton, um, bottom three for them. I think I agree with you because they were not not lucky, but they survived relegation last season um, towards the end there. And I think the jury's out on, on Frank Lampard then as a manager, you know. I know some people were saying, no, he took over a very bad team, uh, but the team just didn't improve after he took over uh, last season. And they've lost both their games so far in the new season, Everton. So I wonder how long they're going to stick with Frank Lampard for. And um, Aston Villa also. They had a bad run towards the end. Steven Gerrard came in, made some good signings in Coutinho and the likes there. It was very, very promising. But they faded towards the end. And even though uh, they did beat the same Aston Villa last weekend, but I think that uh, loss to Bournemouth on the opening day is another blot in the managerial career of uh, Steven Gerrard. We know he did very well at Rangers and, and all of that. But the Premier League, like they say, is a different beast altogether. So I'm gonna be in- it's going to be interesting to see how Aston Villa do under Steven Gerrard uh, this season. And we're going to see them on Saturday in the Premier League when uh, they play against Crystal Palace. We've got Joe back on the line. Joe, I'm sorry about that loss of connection. We were just finishing up on Manchester United and I wanted to ask, how much does the Ronaldo situation have to do with where they are now? Has it been a distraction? I, I was clearly uh, interrupted by a Manchester United fan <laughs> in, that was working at the internet company. <laughs> the devil is <laughs> a liar, excuse the pun. They were so annoyed, you know, they cut me off. Um, Ronaldo is a worry, it's a distraction. Uh, there's only two weeks left to go before the end of the transfer window to be so... But here's the thing, it's like, it's not just a distraction to, to Manchester United, it's a distraction to everyone. I believe you should wrap up all your transfers before the season begins. Yeah, why not? Mm, mm, Everything mm. else is just nonsense, isn't it? I mean, mm. where's he going to go? Sporting Lisbon, Borussia Dortmund, uh, stay at Manchester United possibly? Is he involved in persuading Casemiro? Mm. I don't know. Interesting one. While we're at the bottom then, Joe, who are your candidates to go down? <laughs> Uh, Manchester United won. <laughs> <laughs> That's easy enough. Oh, no. Well, look, you've always got to look at the teams that just came up, haven't you? That's the starting point. But saying that, I mean, you look at Fulham. Uh, they've done all right. They've had a good start to the season. Uh, you look at Nottingham Forest. They've got points on the board at the start of the season. So, I mean, you know, it, it, it's good. It's positive for them to get off to a good start because if you get off to a bad start as Manchester United have shown it's very hard to recover that momentum back especially if you're a team that's just been promoted but Nottingham Forest have done good business but I would still say the teams that have come up 
you've got to look at them first to go down. It's only two weeks, isn't it? It's only two <laughs> two games of the season. Yeah, but Bournemouth were brought back to earth by Man, United, by Man City last weekend um, when they lost 4-0. Let's go back to the top then, talking about Man City. They are most people's favourites. We've heard from our listeners here tonight. Do you see them defending their title? Yes, absolutely. They've got Haaland. They've got Haaland. Look at what he did in the Bundesliga. They've got Haaland. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Haaland has been brought in for that extra bit of edge in the Champions League, not for the Premier League, because they've been able to do it in the Premier League. Mm. They've won the Premier League title without Haaland. They don't need him for the Premier League, but he's needed for the Champions League. And remember, Tabisa, this is a strange season. We Mm. lose a month because of the World Cup mid-season. So all of those games that were missed have to be packed in between Christmas and May. That's an interesting point because you're right. They scored 99 goals last season without a number nine, without a Holland in the league. Yeah, <laughs> but, exactly. but what does it bring to the Premier League? How much excitement has he brought? Because I've seen everybody talks about him every single day. He's a traditional number nine as I grew up with, yes? He's a bully. He's an absolute bully. He's big, he's strong, he bumps defenders and they can't bump him. We had a classic example last weekend to be so of Darwin Nunes being mm. bullied by Premier League uh, defence. Mm. Now, that would never happen to Haaland, would it? Ever. Yeah. Can you imagine? No. Can you imagine that happen? Never. But isn't it good to see the number nines are back in fashion again, eh? Because over the past few seasons, teams have been playing with a false nine. Oh, come on. I mean, we've gone down this road, haven't we? Of tippy-tappy football, sort of, you know, everyone giving out flowers as they walk onto the field. It's like, no, where's the, where's the bump and grind? Where's the bump and grind of football as it was one decade, two decades ago, three decades ago, or the 80s even? Yeah. I like it. I like, a, I like a bit of rough and tumble. And what's happened to Liverpool? What's led to this slow start, Joe? They've already dropped four points this season, and that's huge considering they were just two points of City uh, for the title last season. Hey, but look at who they're playing next, Manchester United. On Monday, two, yeah. <laughs> two struggling teams going head-to-head next Monday night for Monday Night Football. Yeah. Would you have predicted that before the start of the season? Not at all. No, I wouldn't have predicted that. And Nunes being banned as well. That's a problem. And remember, like I said before, it's about squads this season, Tubby. So it's about your squad. Because of all, all of those games, they're going to stack up after Christmas. It's going to be about who has the strongest, not just first 11, but second 11 as well. That's where, where it's important. Mm. But, but why, are, why are they off the block so slowly, though? Have they changed the way they play since they've got Darwin Nunes as a number nine, maybe? Or oh, how, how big a loss is Sadio Mane? Uh, yeah, well, Sadio Mane, of course, he was a huge loss. Um, a bigger loss than I think people expected. Why? Because all the focus is on Mo Salah all the time. Mm. But if you watch the games, and every Liverpool fan who's listening to this will agree, if you watch and study those games, Mario Sadio Mane? Mario Sane? What have I been drinking tonight? Um, he, you know, he's a big loss. He's a huge loss to them. So... Uh, but I still think the problem is in midfield. Oh. I still think they don't have enough enough guile and strength in midfield. That's where I think the problem is. Okay, interesting. And Spurs are many people's dark horses. They seem to have bought well, bringing in the likes of Richarlison, uh, Perisic also. They're in the Champions League this season. How do you see them faring in the league? The key player is going to be Harry Kane. Why? He's not a new signing. 
but he's going to feel like a new signing in the opening weeks and months of this campaign. And the reason is he was distracted last summer. Mm. We did not see the best of Harry Kane in the early weeks and months of the season last summer because of all of that transfer nonsense that went on. Unless someone's about to tell me that he's transferred today <laughs> or he's leaving, the window is still open, so anything can happen to be so. But yeah. it's squeaky bomb time, isn't it, in the transfer window the next couple of weeks. But here's the problem. It's, it, Harry Kane, he's got over that. He's more settled than he was this time last year. And it, it's almost like a new sign. And you understand what I'm trying to say? Mm, mm, mm. No, I do. I do. I do. Definitely. But can they, can they challenge the cities and the Liverpools? Yes. Without a question, Spurs! Without. Yes. Why oh, wow, not? Joe Morrison. And, 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 no, no, I'll tell you why. If you were asking me this last season, not just because of the Harry Kane situation, but if you were asking me this in a normal season, I'd say, no, they're too far away. But like I said, it is going to be a strange year this year because of the World Cup mid-season. Strange year. And, and then, that's why. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. I wanted to say Chelsea, though, are not talked about much by the pundits. Why? Why is that? Because they were Champions League winners just just three years ago. Uh, mm, mm, mm. <coughs> uh, uh, see, uh, yes, you'd put them alongside Spurs in terms of where they're going to challenge the top two, which are everyone who always considers Liverpool and Manchester City. I agree with that. Mm. Chelsea, you just don't know. You just don't know. Yes, they can. Yes, they can. But will they? That's a different question. And I'm not sure yet. And here we are talking, Tabiso, before the end of the transfer window. One signing can change everything. Yeah. They are in for Casemiro. What happens if they get Casemiro? What that happens if they get Frankie de Jong and Aubameyang? What if they get Frankie de Jong? What if they get Aubameyang? You know, all of a sudden, you and I are having a different conversation in two weeks, Tabiso. So you can't say yes, you can't say no. Yeah, but Arsenal seems to have done good business in the transfer window. I don't know if they've done yet, but they, they have reinforced it. They've made a promising start. Um, is top four a must now, considering how they were pipped by Spurs last season to Champions League football? Come on, Tavi. So they're the Man City B team, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. That's good, isn't it? <laughs> but no, 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 no. Don't talk to me about a promising start. They had two wins against Crystal Palace and Leicester, man. Come on. My seven-a-side team on a Monday night could beat Crystal Palace and Leicester. And remember, remember to be say they've got Bournemouth next, Fulham next, Fulham, yeah. Aston Villa, Villa next, all mm. before the end of the month. Yeah. That's the easiest start you could have. Mm. So don't talk to me about good form at the beginning of the season. Ah, come on. <laughs> but will it, be, will it be a disappointment or a bad season if they don't make top four? Yes. Okay. For every Arsenal fan, of course, because they've suffered so much, <laughs> suffered so much in recent years, haven't they? And now they've got that little bit of glimmer of hope and mm. everyone is watching the, I can't remember to be, so is it Netflix or Amazon documentary? Yes, it is or, Amazon, actually, Amazon, all or nothing. Yes, yes I've all been watching nothing, that. So there's a bit of hope there. There's, there's, there's a light at the end of the long tunnel that has existed since Wenger left. Yeah, let's hope that light stays on. And then I'm leaving the best for Newcastle because I believe you worked for Newcastle under Sir Bobby Robson. Newcastle have got this backing. Uh, they've got Eddie Howe who did very well last season with them. What now are the expectations at Newcastle this season? Well, for the first time to be so in a decade, over a decade, I'm going into the season without 
any fear of relegation. <laughs> that's the difference. That's Seriously, a start. that's yeah. the difference. That's the difference that every Newcastle United fan goes into this season with. That there is no fear of relegation in every season. We've had that hanging over our heads like a a dark cloud that I saw over Signal Hill when I left yesterday. It's that's 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 the way it is. But now we have hope. the The transfer window hasn't closed yet, mm-hmm. and the reason we have hope is there's still time to get in goal scorers. We need goal scorers defensively, much better than last season. Are you targeting Europe to be so? Are you targeting Probably. Europe this season? Uh, I think seven or eight. Seven is okay, good. Eight. So I wouldn't league. quite say I wouldn't quite see it. Say Europa League yet. I would leave that for next season. I would say. maybe Conference League. Um, oh, <laughs> <be quiet. laughs> but Joe, <laughs> the having Mickey Mouse, the Mickey Mouse League. <laughs> having worked at Newcastle, though, how good was Alan Shearer? Because some of us grew up watching him score loads and loads of goals. He was. And what made exactly. him? What made him so good? Actually, he was selfish. We're just talking about Erling. No, seriously. We're just talking about Erling Haaland. He was selfish. He wanted that ball. He wanted to score. He wanted to beat the defender. If it was a 50-50, he would go for it and make it 51% his. And he was brutal. I remember in training, him and Craig Bellamy. You remember Craig Bellamy? Yes, the Welsh uh, international, isn't it? Yeah, the mm. Welsh international. Uh, the two of them were part of a training drill, which was left foot, right foot, shots on goal. So there was two lines facing the goal. You had to go in one line on your right foot, which obviously was Alan Shearer's stronger foot, hit the ball into the back of the net. Once you'd finished that that, uh, line, you went to the back of the left-hand line and you had to hit the ball into the back of the net with your left foot. So it was basically to encourage you to try on your weaker foot. Mm. Alan Shearer would never go to the back of the left-hand line. And Craig Bellamy, as mouthy as he was, (laughs) would always say, hey, why are you not going to the back of the left-hand line to practice on your left foot? He said, when you're a top scorer in the Premier League, you don't need to practice Whoa. on your weaker foot. <laughs> no, then that explains why he's the greatest or one of the greatest strikers in the Premier League. But Joe, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I hope we catch up again in the new season, uh, during the season and look back at what you said tonight. But we will follow you on social media at Joe Footy. Thank you very much for taking our call here in South Africa tonight. It'll be so pleasure. Joe Futi, do follow him on social media for more, folks. Just a quick update from the cricket before we go. Um, Proteas now on 285 for 7. That's a lead of 120. Keshav Maharaj just out for 41 right now. And also some sad news coming out of the boxing world today was the passing of former SAN world champion Mikiza Miegeni. Showtime condolences to um, his family there losing his battle with cancer. It was announced uh, uh, today by Tamla Tengimfene there. So our condolences to Miegeni's family, Unati and everybody else. I know it's must be a tough time for the family right now okay that's where we're going to leave it we're going to hand over to Koketo right now and by the way Koketo did put us in touch with Joe Morrison so there's another one that knows his football Koketo that likes sports so that's a big fan of the sports show over to you news first guess